0: Weather and science across the globe The Weather Jazz Podcast
1: I can't think of anyone who doesn't like Fridays
0: Andre throws caution to the wind with Open Line Friday Buckle up and get ready Launching in
1: 3, 2, 1 Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Berninger, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And yes, this is Friday, January the 20th, 2023. And we are in season three, episode number 20. Welcome. And it's a special episode indeed. Today's episode, as every one of them in 2023, brought to you by Rise and Dine Restaurant in Chesterland. Make sure you stop by. They have a wide variety of all kinds of breakfast and lunch items just waiting for you. I'm telling you, you're going to have a tough time ordering because there's just so much on there. And I can guarantee you, it's all great. One of these days, I'll tell you what some of my personal favorites are. However, I want you to take a look at the menu, taste some of the items. You tell me what your favorite items are. Paid them a visit. They're on the southeast corner of the intersection of Routes 306 and 322, better known as Mayfield Road and Chillicothe Road. They're just south of the CVS on the southeast corner in the plaza. So go check them out whenever you have a chance. Okay, so what is happening today? Let me tell you a little bit about my podcast performance. I see all kinds of data that comes in. For instance, how many downloads we've seen. We're approaching 100,000 of you that have made Weather Jazz something that you listen to. We certainly appreciate every single listen, every single download. And the number of countries that have downloaded episodes is truly remarkable. I'm absolutely fascinated by the number of countries that have sampled Weather Jazz. Literally all over the world except one location. And that one location, I wouldn't really expect to download unless I knew somebody in that neck of the woods, which is really not wooded at all. And that continent, the only continent up until recently, which has never downloaded an episode of Weather Jazz is, you probably have guessed it, and I've mentioned it before, Antarctica. Not too many people go there And really, unless you're going down there for some scientific experiment, you're certainly not going to be somebody who's down in Antarctica. Yeah, there are some cruises that might go to Antarctica. But other than that, the tourism to that continent is something that is really non-existent. But on Christmas Eve 2022, just about a month ago, I received my first download, first listen, from Antarctica. It was a friend of mine, a college classmate, who now works for NASA. And he makes somewhat frequent trips to not only the Arctic, but also Antarctica for scientific research and experiments through NASA. His name is Ross Hayes. And I did ask him, I said, the next time you're down anywhere in Antarctica, could you listen to Weather Jazz? Just one episode, just so that I could have boasting rights and say that I had at least one download in every single continent on the globe. And that finally happened. Ross was down on the Ross ice shelf, appropriately named, by the way. For his visit down there, he did some experimentation, but was able to listen to Weather Jazz on Christmas Eve. Talk about a Christmas present for myself and for those who listen to Weather Jazz. So we now have boasting rights in that we have a download on every single continent. Granted, it was only one episode of Weather Jazz, but that counts. Now, I asked Ross if he would come onto Weather Jazz and tell us just exactly what he was doing on the Ross ice shelf on Christmas Eve, and he agreed. We met up today from his Texas home, and he explains just exactly what that was all about. It was a fascinating conversation. I suspect that this is the first of many conversations that we will have with Ross in the coming months and years. Here is that conversation. Ross, a very special day for us here on Weather Jazz because you are the one. Now, this has been in the works for a little while because you and I have been chatting for a while. But you are the one that broke our uh, entry into the world picture for Weather Jazz downloads when you listen to Weather Jazz on Christmas Eve in 2023 from uh, appropriately named the Ross Ice Shelf. All right. Yeah, and,
0: and listening to your podcast from the Ross Ice Shelf with the low bandwidth there, it would stop about every 24 seconds. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. Get, catch back up.
1: Oh, wow. Well, it, but at least you were able to do that. Um, and again, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm sure you were very, very busy. So tell me just exactly, first of all, how many times have you been to Antarctica? And in addition to that, what were you doing there?
0: I believe that was my ninth time. We try to schedule, because we the southern hemisphere summer is when Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's is, is. So we try to alternate if we can, go every other year. And we go down there to launch large scientific balloons for NASA that go to the edge of space during the southern summer when there's 24 hours of daylight for 90 days encircle the continent of antarctica while they're getting data they want to get and 80 percent of those that we do launch are looking out into space for astrophysics oh when we go to different goodness. places yeah. sections
1: of the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow that's it's just absolutely fascinating i'm I'm going to go ahead and post uh, some of the pictures, photos that you posted on your Facebook page, if that's okay, of the the balloon launches that you were involved in. Sure, that's fine. That's awesome.
0: This year's balloon that we launched, it was 34 million cubic feet in diameter and coverage, and um, it floated at about 114,000 feet.
1: Now, at that altitude, you can see the curvature of the Earth, can't you?
0: Oh, yes, easy because we're, we take most of our payloads go above to about the 90 percentile above all the rest of the atmosphere. There's, you know, all those clouds and weather are well below them. So they're looking out from the edge of space into space, figure out their science. And because they're not totally into space, the mm-hmm. payloads
1: are terminated and recovered. So those balloons that you launch are, are they end up just becoming. Huge! Now they're they're already pretty large to start when we see you launch them. But how big do those balloons get at one hundred and fourteen thousand feet?
0: Well, they're they're about the size like a domed football stadium, the Dallas Cowboys AT and T Stadium or the Superdome or something. There's like we have like twenty two acres of material on. The
1: wow! Table. So they really stretch. I mean, you've got to have something that can really stretch and withstand yes. that stretching.
0: Yes, it's, 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 all, it's almost like a sandwich wrap, polyethylene material that's used. Mm-hmm. Wow. We have a mat- place in Sulphur Springs, Texas, north of here, the building's 700 feet long, where the balloon is put together, materialized. Mm. And we have three people that oversee in, and inspect the balloon as it's being put built.
1: That's amazing. Absolutely fascinating. Now, getting there is no small task either. I mean, you've got to do some some uh, traveling uh, and hot scotching all over New Zealand being the launch point, probably the easiest launch point to the Ross Ice Shelf, right?
0: Yes. The the, the U.S. Air Force supports the United States Antarctic program. So we fly to Christchurch. And also in advance, everyone is required to have a physical. And pass that physical to be what they call PQ, physically qualified, before Mm -hmm. you go down there. And then also, too, we give them all our boot sizes what size coats we wear. So they have all our polar gear waiting for us. So we go in for a fitting in Christchurch. The U.S.-Antarctic program has a big center near the airport there. And then they make sure we have our gear. It's ready to go. Then we fly on a C-130 or a C-17 from there and land on the ice.
1: And I'll uh, show some of the folks on weatherjazz.com today's episode number 20 in season three, some of uh, those images you'll see the the aircraft landing now obviously that aircraft is landing on a an ice runway it's not a concrete runway is it
0: no it's it's just ice and snow and they try to pack it down and one thing also to note there are no radars there are no lights so it has to be what they call vfr or visual flight rules for the aircraft to fly down there and leave so that's one thing that can delay you a few days if the weather's bad in antarctica
1: Wow. Okay. So I take it a meteorologist is somebody who's very important on those missions going down to anywhere in Antarctica.
0: Yes. And if you're going on to South Pole Station, they change you from a flight that lands at Ross Island on the ice shelf there
1: and put you on another flight that goes to South Pole Station. Wow. From there. (laughs) And you've been to the the South Pole? Yes. How many times have you been there?
0: Only once. It was a favor from the New York Air National Guard, one of
1: their <laughs> flights. <laughs> okay. Just to say that you were there.
0: We do have three people right now at South Pole Station mm-hmm. that will be going out recovering the science payload that we launched this season there.
1: Ah, okay. So it stays pretty close. When you launch something from the South Pole, it probably stays pretty close to the South Pole geographically.
0: Well, yes. Now, in the, Most of the time in the summer, we have a circulation that's set up for an anti-cyclone that develops near the South Pole. So you have float winds in the stratosphere that go round and round the continent where they can go seven, 14, 21 days and keep going, or however much long they want to go for science. Mm-hmm. The longest we've had one go there is 55 days. Oh, really? Wow. That's yes.
1: fascinating.
0: Yeah. And so, but, and you know, in like the winter time, that, that, circulation goes away in the polar vortex. You hear about that in the northern hemisphere winter It takes over in the southern hemisphere as well. They have their polar vortex.
1: And being the polar night there, retrieving the payload is probably next to impossible.
0: Yeah, that's why they're going to get everything out. And then like around February 17th to 21st, they start getting all the summer personnel off the ice. Mm -hmm. And then it's just winter over. They shut down from... Right now there's 700 people at McMurdo Station, but in the winter time there'll be like less than 300. Wow. South Pole Station itself will be about 80 people, and that's 90 days of total darkness, temperatures around minus 50, and wind.
1: Hello, Lots. hello, yeah. You think it's cold in North America? Head down yeah. there. Well, tell me about some of the the life down there, the critter life. You posted some photos of what I believe were the emperor penguins uh, that were very—they're very curious, aren't they?
0: Oh yes, and and that's one thing the National Science Foundation has, where animals and wildlife have all the right of way. It's their it's their continent, not ours, so we have to give way and make sure they pass us as they wish because penguins, they work their way around Ross Island as summertime sets in and the ice melts on the edge of the ocean and the Ross Sea. They get farther and farther inland, so as summer reports, we always watch for the penguins to make their way to McMurdo Station, and sometimes they'll even come into our field camp.
1: Mm. Did you make friends with any of them?
0: I, I try to. I, I say hi <laughs> to them. They, they just kind of look at me, and they, they like to fall on their bellies and slide in the ice and snow across the ice shelf. They get a good have a good time doing that.
1: They do look like they're having a great time. I've seen videos uh, set to music uh, of, of these penguins that uh, seem to just have a grand old time on the ice.
0: Yeah, and th- I know there are some scientists that were at McMurdo Station where we stay at night uh, that, that were out there counting. They said there are 2,200 of those penguins uh, on the west side of Ross Island at the caves mm. there.
1: Now, I also understand that you know that they're around by their aroma. They, they leave, (laughs) they leave droppings that, that can be rather, um, telling.
0: Yes. And, and you see that they have field groups they allow go out that go out and see, like what the one area they call penguin ranch, where the Mm -hmm. penguins are all more grouped together on the southwest side of the island there. And, and yes, you can smell the Arelbo when you're over 100 yards away that you're getting close to where the penguins live.
1: Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Well, when is your next trip uh, down to Antarctica? Um, and I know you're going back to New Zealand as, yeah. uh, what, next, uh, next few months or so. But uh, yeah. do, you, do you enjoy uh, the, the long and arduous trip down to Antarctica?
0: Well, it, it gets a little old, you know. And and the one thing I do try to do with now the COVID outbreak has changed a lot of the flight patterns and scheduling and stuff. But my plan is to get on a C seventeen, find out what their schedule is with the people in Christchurch, because the C seventeen takes almost only half the time that the C one thirty does flying to the ice.
1: Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So if you if you fly. You- you actually have a choice uh, if you can
0: well it just when no when to fly no when to get on the manifest you know they they take the c-17s in for the earlier part of the season then near the latter part of the season and the rest of the time it's c130s oh. now in the winter overs nobody comes and goes they're there for six months
1: right there's there's no way in or out because it's dark and there's no radar or anything
0: that's right yeah there have been a couple of times been emergency flights where they'll put oil drums out there and set them on fire to try to get lighting to show where to land to help.
1: The wow. The wow. Hey, Ross, thank you so much for putting us on the map in Antarctica. Really yes, appreciate sir. it. Uh, that was beyond special. So now we can truly say thanks to you and we consider you a part of the Weather Jazz family now uh, that uh, we are now absolutely a hundred percent global.
0: All right. You're welcome. Yes. And it is always fun to listen to things when you're in Antarctica because you have the Armed Forces Network, which has movies and sports events that you can watch. It's fed down there through the National Guard things. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) But it's not weather jazz, is it?
0: No. (laughs) Thanks, Ross. You're welcome. Thank you.
1: What a conversation today. On Weather Jazz. We want to thank Ross again for joining us, and I suspect that he will be returning at some point, whether it is from his New Zealand trip upcoming or his Arctic Swedish trip during the Northern Hemisphere summer up and coming. By the way, if you'd like to see some of the pictures that I talked about during the interview, go to weatherjazz.com and look up episode number 20. And scroll down, you'll see some of the photos from the expedition that Ross just made at the, appropriately named, Ross Ice Shelf. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence. It's not very many podcasts that get to interview somebody that has been to Antarctica and back many times and so make sure that uh, you spread the word, whether it be via social media, email, or even eyeball-to-eyeball direct contact with people that you know have an interest in science and weather and all that jazz. If you have a question or a topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can reach me at yahoo.com or via voicemail, the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. I recently have received some telephone calls. Keep them coming because I may take one of your suggestions, turn it around, and make it into a program. In addition to that, remember too from Wednesday's program that I am looking for your input because I'm going to start a series on geography, our planet, and some interesting places on Our planet. So, if you have a region, perhaps you've visited someplace, a very unique location that you'd like to know more information about or would like to see us cover, let us know. Or maybe it's a bucket list destination item, or perhaps it's an area of the planet that you probably will never visit, but you still want to know a little bit more about that location. We gave you some examples on Wednesday. So go listen to Wednesday's episode number 19. Then call the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect Line 234 525 5888 and let me know some of those destinations that you would like to see highlighted during the Geography Science Wednesday segments that uh, we are going to be planning here in the next few weeks or the next few months this may be a rather lengthy stay on science wednesday it all depends on you please do let me know email or giving me a call on the weather jazz podcast audience connect line well it looks like this weekend it's a return to winter in the ohio valley so enjoy the snow be careful Looks like that uh, colder pattern will have some staying power as we discussed uh, with Joe Bastardi a little bit ago and also with uh, Scott Sable as we head into the latter part of January and early February. We'll take a look at all of that on Meteorological Monday coming up next week. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll catch you on Monday. Weather and science across the globe.
0: Weather Jazz Podcast